Did you know that your favorite band also loves your favorite hockey team? If you love hockey and you love music, you're going to love Bar Down Breakdown, a podcast that explores the crossover between alternative music and the sport we love, hockey. Every NHL player wants to be in a band, and every band guy wants to be an, 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 you know, a pro athlete. With guests from all over the globe, come along with us as we interview some of the most captivating names in alternative music and talk about why we love hockey and how it's influenced us. You know, there was a, for a few seconds, I thought, like, well, maybe we should wear Montreal jerseys. And then I was like, mm, I think you should stay neutral. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, yeah, you know what? You're probably right. So tune in every Tuesday on the Hockey Podcast Network, where we'll have a brand new guest and a unique look into the bridge between hockey and music. Welcome to New York. The Devil's State of Mind podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Now here's your host, Neil Villapiano. Woo! What is going on, Devils fans? It is once again your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome back to the first episode of the Devil's State of Mind podcast in the year 2021. Yes, Happy New Year to everybody listening to this podcast. I'm actually recording this on Saturday, January 2nd. So I hope you all have already gotten off to a great start in the year 2021. It has been a crazy year in 2020, but now we are into 2021 and there's a lot of excitement with a bunch of things going on, not just in sports, but you know, with things going on in the world and it's important to remain positive even during the difficult times. But when you talk about excitement, we have to talk about, especially being the Devils, the New Jersey Devils podcast, we have to talk about the fact that the New Jersey Devils training camp has officially begun. Yes, over the past 24 to 48 hours, we have been able to see the players actually practicing, obviously not in person. You wouldn't usually get a chance to do that anyway, but you know, with this being a 56-game season, it's going to be an interesting year, a very, very interesting year. And I'm excited to you know really start talking about games that are actually happening. We're about 12 days away or from when you guys are listening to this podcast, which will be on Monday, it'll be about 10 days away from the first game of the season, which will be at home January 14th against the Boston Bruins. These Zdeno Chara-less Boston Bruins. Yes, I'm sure most of you know by now, but Zdeno Chara surprisingly decided to sign a contract with the Washington Capitals. So that was kind of an interesting thing. But going back to talking about the Devils today, What we're basically going to do is talk about how things have gone so far in training camp for the men in red and black, some of our expectations for the rest of training camp, and what we may see down the road. So we have a bunch to get to today. So without further ado, as I always say, 
let's drop the puck. So we'll kick things off. We're just kind of opening up with, obviously, the beginning of training camp. The Devils opened training camp back this past Friday, January 1st, 2021. This is one of the first times in basically the history of the NHL where the entire season is played in one calendar year. Usually the way the NHL season goes, we start in one year, we finish in another. So we start in October of the previous year and finish in about June, you know, June time frame of the next year. But this year, every single game, every single moment of NHL hockey, including training camp, begins in the year 2021. So this is the 2021 season. This is the first chance to see some of the new guys as well as some of the kids on the ice. We had mentioned, and I'm sure you guys have seen, but there really was an expectation that the Devils were going to have a lot of their young players within their system being given an opportunity to actually compete in training camp and go from there. So that's a really exciting thing. And I'm looking forward to seeing some of those young players and also some of the new guys, you know, Andreas Janssen, uh, Ryan Murray, you know, Corey Crawford, guys like that. I'm excited to see them perform as well and see how everything goes. The way training camp so far has gone is that the team has two groups each day that starts. So one group starts the day and then the next group ends up coming on about an hour or so afterwards. So that's pretty much how it, it, it's going to go, at least for now, but probably as training camp progresses and we start making cuts, that will probably happen less and less. Head coach Lindy Ruff also mentioned to the public that he would like towards the end of training camp to have a couple of games, you know, to have somewhat of a game-like action to kind of get the team ready to go because there's no preseason games. Just like the National Football League, there will be no preseason games prior to the start of the season. These guys are just going to get after it. Now, also the day before Friday, which ended up being Thursday, you know, December 31st, 2020, or New Year's Eve, the team announced the preliminary roster for the team this upcoming year once training camp actually was going to begin. And here is what the roster looks like. So I'm just going to kind of read off the names in case you haven't, you know, had a chance to take a look at it or hear it. Here is what we have so far. And this is not by anywhere. This is actually order of number from lowest to highest. So here we go. So Cole White, Connor Carrick, Matt Tennyson, Will Butcher, Andreas Janssen, Nico Heeshier, Nathan Bastian, Travis Zajac, Michael McLeod, Kyle Palmieri, Ryan Murray, Mikhail Moltsev, Ty Smith, Nolan Foote, Damon Severson, Riley Walsh, Ben Street, Pavel Zaka, Igor Sharingovich, Nick Merkley, Josh Jacobs, Brett Sini, Miles Wood, Nate Schnarr, Brandon Gignac, Yanni Kwokinen, Dmitry Kulikov, P.K. Subban, Nikita Ohoychuk, Jack Hughes, Kevin Ball, Jesper Boquist, Nikita Gusev, Mackenzie Blackwood, Gilgisen, Evan Cormier, Scott Wedgwood, and Corey Crawford. So for those of you that probably have watched the Devils over the last couple of years, a lot of those names are about what you would expect. And then there are some of the young guys like we had talked about, you know, Igor Sharangovich, who had been tearing it up in the KHL got an invite to training camp, which isn't a surprise. Now, I just also want to say up front that none of the players in that first round and pretty much none of the players that the Devils drafted this past draft uh, back in October are part of this training camp, mainly because most of them are either playing in the World Junior Championships at the moment or are under contract with their teams overseas and cannot be 
allowed to come participate in training camp at this moment. So that's pretty much why you don't see the likes of Alexander Holtz or Dawson Mercer or any of the other guys that the Devils drafted. But yeah, that's pretty much at the moment, the preliminary roster. That's what we have. Now, obviously, that's going to be shrunken down to about 23 to about 27 um, players because obviously the Devils are going to have their whole set of players on their starting, you know, roster. And then they're going to have a handful of taxi squad players as the NHL announced a couple of weeks ago. So the roster is going to be a little bit bigger than what we're normally accustomed to seeing. But nonetheless, it is going to be a very, very, you know, detailed roster. And it's going to be really interesting with the taxi squad players who actually makes it out of training camp. What's good for a lot of these players, especially some of the ones that are more likely to not not going to make the team, it just gives them a chance to prove what they can do, what they can contribute to the organization, and allows the organization themselves to evaluate these players to see where everything goes. And some of these guys, unfortunately, this might be the only opportunity, at least for the, for the foreseeable future, that they'll get a chance to actually play some hockey because some leagues like the OHL and also the American Hockey League are not playing at the moment. And we still don't have a definitive date when, as to when the Ontario Hockey League or the American Hockey League or even the East Coast Hockey League are actually going to begin. I believe the Devils affiliate, the Adirock Thunder, are one of the teams that decided that they were not going to be playing this year. So that's a little bit more difficult for some of the young players that the Devils have that would possibly be playing in that league. So obviously, it's going to be interesting to see what players can really prove themselves to possibly earn themselves a spot on this roster heading into the 2021 season. Now, the next thing that was interesting is the team mantra. Now, with every year, there's always, you know, something that, you know, the team decides to use. You know, if you guys remember, like, uh, we are the ones. I mean, that was a that was one that I think a lot of people will tend to uh, like to forget. Um, but this year... Uh, and apparently Lindy Rupp said that the team came up with it, you know, during one of their Zoom meetings. And I don't think they said exactly who came up with it. But the mantra for the upcoming season is going to be enjoy the ride. But if you look, it's a lowercase e, then a capital NJ, and then every other letter is, is you know, not capitalized. So it's N-J-O-Y and then the ride. So it's enjoy the ride. And basically what Lindy Rupp said was, you know, this year is going to be very, very challenging for the Devils. They were one of the seven teams that didn't experience playing in that bubble, you know, about six, seven months ago. So basically, this is going to be very new for a lot of these players. And it's going to be, you know, challenging, like I said. But Lindy Ruff wants these, these guys to relax, just have fun, and enjoy what's going to be a season like no other. With 56 games, it's not a marathon. It's basically a sprint. And it's the Devils are playing in the toughest you know, division in the entire NHL, the death division or, you know, whatever they called it. They, they called it something or division of death is actually what they called it. But, you know, looking at this situation, it's going to be really, really intriguing to see how the season progresses. I think for a lot of Devils fans, including myself, our expectations are not necessarily to make the playoffs, but just show progression, show that you are improving and that you're giving yourself an opportunity to you know, get better as the season progresses and also give yourself an opportunity to maybe be ultra competitive. I think if the Devils are competitive if in all of their games, if possible, I think a lot of Devils fans would be satisfied with that. A lot of people around the NHL, their expectations of the Devils are not great. Most of them, if not all of them, have them either you know missing the playoffs or even finishing at the bottom 
of this division. And I mean, look, is that fair? I mean, it's fair to an extent, and I get why people are saying it. Obviously, still being a fan as well as an analyst, it doesn't really make me that happy. But I'm hoping that the Devils can prove a lot of people wrong and this team can actually win some games and really surprise some people this year. Right from the first puck drop in practice a couple days ago, head coach Liddy Ruff identified what he wants to see from his team all season long. That is a fast, up-tempo brand of hockey offensively and also including the defensemen coming up in the rush. So like you see in Dallas, like when Lindy Ruff was the coach of the Dallas Stars, he wants his defensemen to be more active in the offensive zone. Is that going to hurt the Devils defensively? It may, it may not. It all just depends on how everything goes and if the players on the team can buy into the system. Because once you have the team buying into the system you're trying to implement, there really isn't much that the other team can do to really kind of screw it up. So that's really what you got to look for. So for Devils fans, I think the best thing to do is expect that this is going to be a much more aggressive team in the offensive zone. And also Lindy Ruff said he would like to get his defenseman to get in front of the puck a little bit more, block more shots, which I consider blocking shots a part of what it means to be a defenseman. And I think that's going to be a huge emphasis going into this season. So now we're going to kind of go through basically you know, each positional group based. So we're going to go forwards, defenseman, goalie. And then we're also going to finish with some of the quotes that Tom Fitzgerald actually made about an hour or so ago at the time of this recording, which again is Saturday, January 2nd, 2020. He just made some comments a couple hours ago about, you know, what his expectations are, some of the player updates, and also some of the comments about, you know, the young kids doing well in the World Junior Championships. So we'll start with the forwards. And here's some kind of news and notes that you really need to know. Nico Heeshear is out to start training camp with an apparent foot injury that he suffered while practicing back in his home country of Switzerland. And really, that was kind of like the first, like, uh-oh, you know, this is not uh, what we want to do to start the season. And, you know, it looks like to me that Nico Heeshear is going to be out for a while. But the way that the Devils are describing it is simply that he's going to be listed as day-to-day. The Devils are going to take it one day at a time and see how it goes. And Nico said, you know, personally that he wants to make sure that he is ready to go by January 14th, which is, like I mentioned before, the first game of this upcoming season. And look, the thing that's upsetting is that Nico won't get a chance right away to kind of build chemistry with the players, especially if he's going to be paired with somebody like Andreas Janssen and try to build that chemistry and also just trying to learn Lindy Ruff's system. So he's going to be a little bit of a step behind, which is an unfortunate thing, but hopefully once he's fully healthy and ready to go, that can happen sooner rather than later, and he can really get acclimated with the rest of the team. One of the biggest things that came out of media day that really kind of took a lot of Devils fans, including myself, by surprise was Jack Hughes said while talking to the media that he actually gained about 14 pounds in muscle since March when the season shut down. He went from 164 pounds to now 180, which, again, 180 doesn't seem like a lot, but for him to go up nearly 20 pounds or a little, you know, a little bit more on the side of 10, but still 14 pounds of muscle, that goes to show you that Jack Hughes understood he had to get bigger, he had to get stronger in order to deal with the physicality of playing in the National Hockey League. And he certainly did that. And already in practice, he's done really well. I believe like during one of their first like small scrimmages, Jack Hughes scored on two of his first three shots. Like he looks like he's just a step, you know, further in his development, looks a lot more confident. 
and, and a bunch of very positive things, which is great. And I think that was the biggest emphasis. And Jack Hughes kind of made a funny comment where he basically saying that eating was his job during, off, during the offseason. He wanted to train very hard. He wanted to gain that muscle. He wanted to just come into camp more focused, more ready to go to prove to everybody, you know, all the doubters wrong about them saying that he's a bust and all these other things. He just wants to come in and have a better second season. And Tom Fitzgerald did say during his little press conference earlier today that his expectation for Jack Hughes is simply that he wants to see him take that next step in his development. And so far, he's certainly done that. And it's ex it really is exciting. And I hope it continues to progress that way once we actually get into the beginning of the season. Now, one of the biggest names, you know, this offseason was Jesper Bratt because he was a restricted free agent. And Devils fans were wondering when he was going to sign his new contract. Well, unfortunately, that has still not happened. Tom Fitzgerald did actually get a chance to sign Mackenzie Blackwood to a new contract, which I talked to Talking Ice and Jay's own Sean Harrington about on last week's episode. If you haven't checked it out, please go do so. Yeah, we talked about the fact that Mackenzie Blackwood got a new deal, but Jesper Bratt has yet to get a new deal. And he's still over in his native country of Sweden because, like I said, he doesn't have, he doesn't have a new contract. And also, because of that, he doesn't have a work visa. So he has to get a new contract. He has to sign a new contract before he can get a new work visa to make him allowed to come over to New Jersey and actually start playing. So the Devils and Tom Fitzgerald mainly said that, you know, their goal is to try to get this contract done and signed as soon as possible so that Brad can come over, quarantine, and then get into, you know, practicing and then getting ready for the upcoming season. I think that the new contract for Brad will be signed within the next couple of days, and then Brad will get a chance to come over here. Fitzgerald said that he's had really good conversations with Brad's representatives and that it's just a matter of, you know, when are they going to not, you know, when are they going to sign him as opposed to are they going to sign him? They really are going to sign him. Brett even has said that he really, really wants to get this deal done. And Fitzgerald has said that, you know, Brett, just like Blackwood, is a very, very big part of the Devils' future and wants to get a deal done. And it's just about working out some of the particulars and the numbers and then going from there. But right now, Jesper Brett is still not in New Jersey, but hopefully he can get here soon so he could start getting ready for the upcoming season. And then one of the new guys on the forward group is Andreas Janssen, who the Devils acquired in a trade with the Toronto Maple Leafs for Joey Anderson. He said when being interviewed by the media that he was excited to be a part of a team that gives him a real good chance of a lot of playing time. So Johnson did a pretty good job while playing in Toronto, but he did say that because of the amount of stars and the amount of talent that the Toronto Maple Leafs have, that he really struggled to get good playing time. But he comes to a young team where he could be a top six winger, either on the first line with Nico Gishi or on the second line with Jack Hughes, and really get a lot more opportunities to really grow his game at being only, I think he's only 24, 25 years old. But yeah, I mean, Janssen gets a chance to really, you know, get a lot of playing time and, and really get going in his career. And that's what's great about having a young scoring winger like Janssen joining this team. So that was the big thing that I took away from Janssen's press conference and just talking from the forward standpoint. So that's pretty much all you need to know from the forward group. The next group we're going to talk about is the defensive core. So obviously this is going to be the biggest thing that Devils fans are going to be looking at and analyzing as the season goes on. Is our defense going to improve? 
The Devils did make some moves this offseason to try to improve that right away by acquiring Ryan Murray via trade from the Columbus Blue Jackets and also acquire and also bringing in Dmitry Kulikov, who is going to be probably a bottom four defenseman. But talking about some of the defensemen, we'll start with P.K. Subban. Now, first of all, yes, I am aware of the fact that P.K. Subban and Lindsey Vaughn decided to separate and are not getting married. I'm aware of that. But the biggest reason that I didn't bring it up and I didn't talk about it on social media and I'm not really going to talk about it here is because it's not really my business. It's his personal life and, you know, he has to deal with that. It's his stuff. I don't want to bring it up and it's private. It's private things. And I'm sure a lot of you guys understand that. So I do hope that PK Subban is okay. I hope that Lindsey Vaughn is okay. You know, PK said that it looks like that they're going to, you know, remain good friends. It's obviously sad because a lot of people seem to really enjoy how happy they were together, but you know, it's part of life. Sometimes it just doesn't work out. And, you know, especially in relationships, you know, when it's, when it's time and it's over, it's over and you just got to move on and, and, you know, take the next step in your life. And that's what PK is going to try to do. Um, and so I hope that, you know, he continues to, to be okay. And he has my support 100%, but again, not really going to talk about it because it's not really that it's not that it, it's not that it's not important. It's that it's his, personal life. And I don't want, I don't want to talk about that. That's private stuff for him. So let's, we're going to end it with that right there. But talking about PK, when he spoke to the media coming to New Jersey, he said he wants to take a bigger role in leadership and just making his teammates better. He said that he didn't feel like he did a good enough job of making the rest of the team better and being more of a leader. And so this year he wants to, you know, just continue to grow as a leader and show that leadership to the younger players and also just try to make everyone around him play better. And that was something that really, really, you know, caught my eye because he didn't really talk necessarily that much about what he needs to do to get better personally or anything like that. He talked about what he could do to help the team get better. That shows you the type of selfless player that P.K. Subban is and that he's always been. A lot of people think he's, you know, all about himself. To me, I really don't think that's the case. I mean, it really wasn't like that last year, and it doesn't feel that way to start this year either. So P.K. Subban is looking at it like, if I continue to not put up a lot of points, but yet I'm helping the team in many other ways and we're winning games, that's all I care about. And that's great, because for P.K. at this point in his career, it's about getting back into the playoffs and trying to compete to actually win a Stanley Cup. And hopefully the Devils are that team that can help deliver it to him and that he can help the Devils win that Stanley Cup. It's going to be interesting because the questions are basically at this point is, is this going to be the last year that PK is going to be with the Devils? Are they going to leave him unprotected in the Seattle expansion draft, you know, coming up next year? Possibly. We'll see. I think a lot depends on how the season goes, how PK performs, but PK has enough motivation already to prove a lot of people wrong and to get back to somewhat of the PK Subban that we've seen before. And, and I fully expect that this upcoming year. Now, one of the new guys, like I mentioned before, Ryan Murray spoke to the media and said that he's 110%. He feels rare and ready to go. And that's the thing that the Devils want. They're, they're looking at this guy and saying that he brings a lot of good value. It's a high upside. It's a, you know, you know, high reward, low risk type of guy that if it doesn't work out, it didn't cost them very much. I think this is the last year of his contract anyway. So again, if it doesn't pan out, it's fine. They could just move on from him. But they're hoping that Ryan Murray could be a top four defenseman, maybe even possibly be on the first defensive pairing. It all just depends on how things progress in camp and, and chemistry and a bunch of other things. But, you know, Ryan Murray said he's ready to go. He's excited. Um, he's looking forward 
to, you know, being with a new team and getting a fresh start and kind of going from there. And that's what we all want to see. We want to see him, you know, contribute the way that he was brought in to do so. I think with all the new guys, all we want to see them do is come in and do what they were brought in to do. I think if that makes sense. So that's, that's really what it is. And, you know, Ryan Murray, like all the other new guys is going to be somebody I'm going to keep my eye on and see how he progresses with the team. Now, speaking of young guys, as we talked about a little bit before, two young guys that stand out to me when it comes to probably getting a legitimate shot of making the Devils roster is Ty Smith and Riley Walsh. Now, there are guys like Nikita Ahoychuk and also Kevin Ball that are part of the preliminary roster, but I think the chances of them possibly making it at least this year is probably pretty slim. But if you look at Ty Smith and Riley Walsh, I think when you look at the fact that the Devils will probably have at least two guys that are pretty young that are going to be on this on this decor and maybe even one of them being a practice or not a practice squad but a taxi squad you know player these are the two guys that stand out to me Riley Walsh he signed his you know his first NHL contract I think back in April or May of this year and, and Ty Smith obviously this is that big year for him this is the year that everybody is expecting him to make the team he's gotten really really close ever since he got drafted by the Devils, and now he finally has that really golden opportunity to get on this team and start playing in the NHL. I'm sure that he'll be on probably, probably the third defensive pairing to start to kind of ease him into this. It may change. Again, a lot depends on how things progress during training camp. As I'm recording this, guys, today is only the second day of training camp. I don't know if they're going to practice every single day. They probably will. But again, you know, this is, we just don't know exactly what we're going to see right away. And just because what we see on, you know, what we see on basically opening night may not be what we see in the next two or three games afterwards. I don't know. A lot of new things are happening. This is a completely weird season, 56 games. It's going to be, it's going to be very interesting to see how everything goes down, but that's pretty much from the defensive core, you need to know, you know, Will Butcher, he actually got surgery on his thumb, which caused him to miss, you know, the back end of the rest of the time the Devils were playing, you know, last season. Uh, but he said that he's 100% and ready to go for this year. So that's a good thing to look at. Now let's shift over to what people consider to be one of the strongest areas of the team, especially going into this year. And that's the goaltending. And we'll start with Mackenzie Blackwood, newly signed to a new contract, Mackenzie Blackwood. Um, he didn't get off to the greatest start here at training camp because he appeared to tweak something during the first day of training camp, which had him leave the ice early. But Lindy Ruff said that it wasn't anything major and that Blackwood actually did practice earlier this morning, you know, on January 2nd. Um, and he only practiced for about 25 to 30 minutes and it wasn't with the team. He was practicing on his own with new goaltending coach, Dave Rogalski. Um, so again, I don't think there's anything to worry about. Again, a lot of these players are stiff. They haven't played in about 10 months. So things like this are going to happen. I think that should be an expectation and understand that's just going to take time for everybody to get really, you know, loose and really ready to go for this very, very quick and very intense season. And then when you look at Corey Crawford, basically when he was being interviewed again, he said he's super pumped to be with a young team like the Devils. He's looking to just not only make himself better, but try to push Mackenzie Blackwood to make him better and just you know, try to provide, you know, that, that good, solid backup goaltender that the Devils have been lacking over the last couple of years. And so I think for the first time in a while, Devils fans can feel kind of relaxed and kind of confident 
that we have two really, really good goaltenders, you know, playing either night. And I think that's really a, a positive thing. And when you look at something like playing four games in a row in April against the New York Rangers, it'll be interesting to see how Lindy Ruff, you know, switches his goaltenders. Very interesting. But some of the other guys, Scott Wedgwood, you know, Gildas Sen, Evan Cormier, from what I've heard, they seem to be doing very solidly. Uh, you know, again, I think that what you're going to end up seeing is the Devils will carry three goaltenders with one starter, one backup, and one for, you know, taxi squad. I personally believe that it's going to end up being Scott Wedgwood, but if not, my money would be on Gilgeson since he has a little bit, a little bit of experience playing the NHL from last season. Um, but we'll, we'll see. And Evan Cormier, who knows? It could be him. But, you know, that'll be the biggest intrigue when it comes to the goaltending situation. Who ends up being that third goaltender that the Devils carry throughout the year? So that's pretty much from the, you know, team standpoint, you know, all the updates that at this moment that you really need to know. Now let's talk about Tom Fitzgerald and let's talk about some of the things and some of the comments that he made about some of the players in the World Junior Championships. As you guys have been watching and follow me on Twitter at Devil State and also on Instagram at Devil State of Mind, you know that I try to keep up with everything that's going on with the Devils players at the World Juniors. And a lot of these guys are stepping up and doing some really good things. So there are three guys that Tom Fitzgerald had talked about when it came to the players. So he didn't talk about every single player that he has in the World Juniors. He only talked about three, and it was basically the three guys in the first round of this past draft that the Devils took. Let's start with Dawson Mercer. Quote, watching Dawson Mercer just play in any position the coach asked him to, any line, any situation, you watch him kill penalties. What I love about watching any Canadian team in the past is the buy-in from these individual kids, and Dawson is no different. He's bought into that, that important role of a top penalty killer. He can play the left side, right side. He's heavy on pucks. Dawson Mercer, as we know, is basically like a Swiss army knife or a Canadian army knife. If you want to, you know, use the, the fact that he is Canadian, you know, the guy that you can implement pretty much anywhere in the lineup. And he seems to do well. And he's actually been playing very, very well um, with Canada a couple, couple or about a week ago. He actually, you know, had a two goal game, including getting a shorthanded goal, which was really good. He's done very solidly on the penalty kill. And as a result, Canada has done very, very well so far in the World Juniors and has a really legitimate shot of going and winning gold this upcoming season. Now, the next guy he talked about was obviously Russian defenseman Shakir Mohamedoulin. And basically he said, quote, the amount of ice time he's getting, one of the top five ice munchers, we call them, in the World Juniors, his ability to just cover the ice, skate, simple first pass, can shoot the puck. He's defending better, trying to play physical. Again, He's just 18 years old, and you know, it gets me excited. It gets our entire organization so excited about what his upside will be once he comes in North America, 23, 24, and what he could be at 25. So, again, with Muhammad Doolin, what the devil saw is a guy that, yeah, he's very raw and he's very young, but if we develop him correctly, he could be a really, really indelible, you know, part of our defensive core for years to come. And the fact that Fitzgerald said 23, 24, 25, that pretty much means the Devils are going to take this very slowly with him. But they're not going to rush him to the NHL or they're not even going to rush him to the AHL. They're going to let him develop as naturally as possible and then bring him when it's time to actually give him a chance to take that next step. But seeing him do really well on one of the top defensive pairings for Russia, he's obviously one of the alternate captains. He has made a couple of mistakes, but... More often than not, he's made some really good passes, you know, setting up some of his teammates. Um, 
And, and I think that's really important. I think that just shows the type of upside that Shakir actually has and what he can end up being. So that's really a good thing to see that he is progressing, you know, very naturally, very slowly like that, being only 18 years old. I, I think that's a really, really positive sign that kind of makes me feel more confident that, you know, Tom Fitzgerald made the right move to take him at that pick in the first round. And then obviously he talked about Alexander Holtz. He said, quote, you watch the games. He's all over the puck. He's controlling the play. He's got the ability to make the plays you saw, some of the nice plays he's made, and we all know he's a shooter. Leads the tournament in shots per game. I think that's part of a goal scorer's mantra, is to make sure you're getting your shots. And that's all you ask. I'm really excited about him as well, end quote. Not surprisingly, Alexander Holtz has been doing very, very well on that top line for Team Sweden. He's gotten a couple goals. He's gotten a couple assists. He's banged the body a couple times, made some really good hits. He's practically all over the ice, like Tom Fitzgerald said. So I think that's something that really gets Devils fans even more excited about the type of player overall that Alexander Holtz can be. And that certainly gets me, you know, gets my tires really revving because it just shows you that the Devils were right to go after a guy like, like Alexander Holtz in the draft and take him. He, is, he has a nose for the goal. He's a goal scorer, but also he's six foot four and he's well over 200 pounds. This guy is built for the NHL already considering he has to play in a league with men. So Alexander Holtz is probably the guy that Devils fans should expect to be the first to probably end up you know, getting a shot to play in New Jersey, even though obviously Dawson Mercer already signed his entry-level contract just prior to the beginning of the World Juniors. But I still think Holtz is going to basically be that, that guy that makes the first move when it comes to getting that opportunity. Probably not this year. Again, one of the reasons that he's not in training camp right now is the fact that he's obviously playing the World Junior Championships, but also he's still under contract with Jure Garden, and he has to wait till that contract is up before he would be allowed to come here and then sign that entry-level contract. Same thing with Shakir as well and some of the other picks that the Devils made. But bottom line, guys, this, this is what I have to say. It is so great to just see on social media, on YouTube, wherever, to just see Devils players on the ice practicing, getting ready for the season. You know, we're less than two weeks away, and we've waited very, very long. We've waited nearly a year. It's crazy to think about, but we've waited nearly a year to see the Devils play. And now, very soon, we're going to get a chance to see these guys. And I want you guys to understand, this is going to be a tough year, playing in as difficult of a division as we're playing in. But I want you guys to have the expectations of this. The Devils are going to try to be as super competitive as possible. They're, they're, they have a lot of young players that are going to get an opportunity to play. There's a lot to be really excited about for the future. And as long as the Devils can progress this season and try to make some noise and you know, you know, know raise some eyebrows, I think that's all we can ask for. So even if they don't make the playoffs, not the end of the world, as long as they are competitive, because we are officially in a rebuild right now, folks. Things are not going to just improve overnight. It takes time. But as I've said, starting that hashtag on Twitter, hashtag the future is bright. You know, the future really is bright with the amount of picks that the Devils have made, with the cat space that we have, with the young, talented players we already have on the team. It's really, really exciting. Also, really quickly, I just wanted to say, that Tom Fitzgerald said, and I posted this on the Devil's State of Mind Instagram story, that Tom Fitzgerald has been in contact with Jesper Bratt's agent, obviously, also Kyle Palmieri's agent, and Nikita Gusev's agent. And by the way, shout out to Nikita Gusev. Congratulations on him 
you know, giving the birth of his first son. He even, he apparently has been staying in New Jersey since the pandemic started and his English has certainly got a little bit better. So that's really exciting as well, but congratulations to him. But yeah, I just wanted to let you guys know the information as well. I just remembered to tell you guys that, but yeah, again, bottom line folks, this is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a very intriguing season. It's going to be a fast one, no doubt with 56 games at the end of the day. Let's just enjoy the fact that Devils Hockey is back, baby. What's going on, Devils fans? It's your host, Neil Villapiano. Thank you so much for checking out this edition of the Devils State of Mind podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get the most up-to-date news about your New Jersey Devils. If you want to check out more of the podcast, here's what you do. You go wherever you listen to podcasts, so that could be Spotify, that could be iTunes, that could be Google Podcasts, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts, you go and you search Devil's State of Mind, and you will find the new episodes that we post every week on both Mondays and Thursdays. Please also go check out the Hockey Podcast Network as a whole. We have podcasts for all the teams in the NHL, as well as other great hockey podcasts. So just like with Devil's State of Mind, just search Hockey Podcast Network, and you can see all the podcasts that we have on this great network. You can follow the Devil's State of Mind on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Devil's State, and you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Devil's State of Mind. Make sure to also follow the Hockey Podcast Network on all social media platforms. Just search at H-O-C-K-E-Y, Hockey, P-O-D, Pod, N-E-T, Net. If you want to listen to more of my voice, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Podcast, where I talk about all things going on in the wide world of sports. New episodes go out every Monday and Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Presents channel on YouTube, where just like the podcast, I talk about different topics that are going on in the world of sports as well. New videos go out every single Tuesday on YouTube. So it's spelled M-O-F-O-B-O Network Presents, and you will find it. Again, new videos out every Tuesday. You can stay up to date with all the new episodes and videos by following me on my personal Twitter at T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W, my personal Instagram at N-V-P-Q-B-11, and also Mofobo Network on Facebook. And last, but certainly not least, go check out both my books on Amazon and Barnes and Noble right now. The first is J-E-T-S, Pain, pain, pain. The agony and the ecstasy, nah, no ecstasy of being a Jets fan. This book is about all the pain and suffering of being a New York Jets fan. So from all the painful moves, painful games, painful player decisions, painful ownership decisions, you know, where, you know anything you could think of, it's in this book. So this is really for the Jets fan. So if you're a Jets fan, a football fan, if you know some one of those, or if you just want to support me, go check out that book. The other book that I just published recently is titled Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. This one is all about the regrets of being a Mets fan. And even through world championships in 1969 and 1986, there is so much regret 
between those years, between those years, as well as the years following 1986. Both of these books are available for both hardcover and ebook for the price of 1969. So if you're a Jets fan or a Mets fan, or by some chance you're both, you probably guessed why I chose that price. So again, please go check out both of those books. The first one, J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 The Painted Suffering of Being a New York Jets Fan, and also Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. So once again, thank you guys so much for checking out this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. My name is Neil Villapiano, and we will see you in the next episode. Everyone continue to be the amazing people that you are, you know, every single day, you know, always remember to just be yourself and continue to kick absolute butt. And one last thing, rock on. Woo!